You're listening to Expansion, the podcast for EXP agents. Expand your skill. Expand your value. Here's your host, Glenn Sanford. Hey everyone, uh, Glenn Sanford here, and um, this is the Expansion Podcast. And today I'm super excited to talk with Kevin Yoder. He's actually a three-time icon agent out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, and uh, hey, welcome, welcome, Kevin. Thank you, Glenn. Um, absolutely pleasure to be here. Happy and grateful to have this conversation with you today. So um, you're you're in Michigan. We just chatted. It's uh, unseasonably warm. You're not showing property in in the snow this year, which would be typical. How how, how are things going? Things are going great. Uh, I had the best. If you're talking business wise, <laughs> just came off my 21 years in the business, my highest producing single personal production year in 21 years of real estate. And that was after 2022 of, of having that same experience. So uh, on the, on the home front, all things are going extremely well. Oh, excellent. Now, and, yeah. and uh, now do you, you give a team or is it, are you an individual agent? How, how's your team? So I've had both. Of- I've had both. So as a, my current team level, I have a small team, but I've done the large team model. I've had the medium team model. And right now I have a very small team. And uh, I think last year at this time I had probably had seven, seven agents in production. And uh, as it is right now, it's me and, and, and a, essentially a, a buyer's agent who also helps me with listing production. And I'm picked up. 75% of last year's production personally uh, with basically doing the production that those agents were doing all on my own and having a lot of fun. With okay. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So, and um, you know, how many, how many sides have you done so far this year personally? So personal production this year uh, we're at per for, for my own transactions around 50 units, uh, 73 for the, for the total team. Okay. Awesome. And, and um, you know, 50 units, obviously, uh, you probably have figured out how to really organize your business in a way to support that. I mean, 50, that means you have in escrow at any given time, what, five, six deals? That's about right. That's about right. Yeah, four to six on average. Okay. And, 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 um, but you do have a, you do have an assistant, right? Or an admin? I have two admins. I have an executive assistant in the office with me, and then I have a virtual uh, C2C. Used to have someone okay. that we had in-house, but we, we went outsourced with that during COVID and never switched back the model, and it's, it works just great. And it helps with, okay. uh, helps, helps with seasonality in, in Michigan as well. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. So now, what uh, you, you've been in the business... 21 years, which I think is about the same number of years I've been in the business as well. I started in 2002. Is that sound about right? 2002, right on the money. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So you've you've obviously kind of seen um, the industry change quite a bit. I, you know, I, in 2002, I suspect that you were like most of us. You were. If, if you were on the internet and you were, you had dial up at home and, you know, you got to listen to your modem sort of make strange noises to connect and all that good stuff. And yeah, now yeah. it's a totally different world. Yeah. I was actually on the, when I joined that, that year, they, the, bro, the brokerage I was with actually came out with agent websites for the first time. It's hard, it's, it's okay. hard to believe, but that, that was, that was a big deal. 
to actually have a forward facing public agent website. I was pretty proud of that. Bought my own domain and oh. everything in 2002. Oh, there, so, and you, you probably still use that same domain name. Uh, is that, or, or do you uh, have a different domain name now? I have a different one. Uh, I did, I did a, a ignorantly, I'm, I'm funny you asked me that. I ignorantly, I, I chose the .net version of my name and come to find out that's just not the smartest thing to do. So there's a, uh, um, senator out of out of Iowa that has uh, with my namesake that stole my domain way before I got into real estate, so I've never been able to nab that one. But we're good. Yodarealestate.com. That's where that's where I that's where we hang out now. Okay, excellent. So now, what uh, what has how do you lead gen? What what's your business look like? What, what you know? Obviously, one of the things we're you know kind of looking for is any advice you can give to the sort of the next generation of realtor or real estate yeah. professional, you know, what is it that, you know, has helped you be successful over the last, you know, 21 years in, in, in the industry? Yeah, that's, that's really great, Glenn. The, let me, let me summarize this. When I first got into real estate, I didn't do things the way I do them now. So 2002 to 2010, I had an up and down roller coaster ride of a business, just trying to figure it out. I wasn't very focused. I didn't have a lot of guidance, um, and and I wasn't seeking. And so, 2010, I had a moment. I think we all have, most of us have moments where we wake up and make a decision. And mine was based on the financial impact that I had on my family during Christmas time, or about you know, 13 years ago today. And had two little daughters and a son on the way, and things did not look good that Christmas. And that was my that was my moment. So I woke up, decided to take a bunch of training, uh, hired my first assistant and got a dialer and went crazy on that. So um, up until then, I hadn't lead generated. It was the, definitely the, the cave that I had feared to enter and I knew it and I was avoiding it for a very long time. So I just grabbed some basic tools, Glenn. I, I pinned a simple expired script. Now, I remember 2010, 11, we were in the middle of a free fall and real estate lasted that way for a couple more years in West Michigan. And I just clean, I was just going crazy on the expired listing game. So I, I took far more listings in the expired category than any agent in my marketplace during those years. And I forged my business that way. It went from like, like this up like that, good to great, uh, 6 right. million to 12 million to 18 million to 25 million to 30 million and so on all through that. That was my primary way to excel my business. And, um, then I grabbed onto some radio advertising, which we still do today. But then I flipped that focus over to uh, to for sale by owners. Now that the market has shifted and it's there's not a lot of expireds out there, they're coming back. But um, done. The, I'm doing the same exact thing with with for sale by owners. And I never called a FISBO in my life until to the end of 2021. But I have 30 units sold this year by virtue of FISBOs alone. So my number one lead source for 2023. So you asked me a question, what would I advice would I give to the agents? They, they say, there's a saying is get back to the basics right now. Get back to the basics. Fortunately for me, uh, I've never left the basics. I never got away from them. For a while there in the middle of team building and advertising on radio and television billboards, I lost my way a little bit and got off prospecting and went on to straight marketing. And you know, that looks like high expenses. Uh, at the same time, I found my way back. So. Uh, we have a prospecting-based, marketing-enhanced organization, and the uh, profitability is, I'm looking at my number right now, is six times the profitability I had in 2021. So, okay. Staying and that's when you were spending, you were spending uh, a bunch on radio and TV and got away from sort of, sort of the prospecting 
persona? The big, yeah. And the biggest piece is I was out of production, Glenn. So for two years, I stepped out and was focused heavily on building my coaching company, working on personal growth and development over here while I let people run my business. And uh, in the process of that happening, my profitability tanked and I had to jump back in. And I'm not saying that from a complaint standpoint. I'm super glad I did because now I get a chance to be front and center on this game that I love and I get to put my hands in the clay again. It's I wouldn't ask for any other way for it to have happened. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, and a lot of times you just don't know what you don't know um, until you tell you tell you do it. And uh, you know, having sort of been an individual agent running running a team, even starting a boutique brokerage, um, it's hard to actually do better financially than being a super productive agent. Like it's it's like the one place that you know if you. Uh, you know, there's the shiny objects, which is, you know, go start a team or go, you know, own a, own a brokerage. And obviously I, I sort of, I did that, but, and it, it's worked out because of the way we set it up. But for the most part, those are, there's a reason why people are called broker owners. It's because they tend to be broker as an owner that they do being in production. So, right. Now you right. own no, your no own too, right? I had, I had for three years. I was with, I was with uh, KW for 14 years and then I branched out in 17, went independent for three years as my own. And during that time, that's exactly when I was doing what you just described, stepped away from my business, let people run it and uh, going broke in the process. And then uh, joined EXP in uh, 2020 and started to get back into production and, and to write the ship. Um, but I had I, one, one last piece on that, Glenn. I think it's super important. I was just giving this example to someone the other day is, is here's the piece of advice. We're here. The business is here. This is a seller or a buyer. But let's just take sellers, for example. Most agents want to do that. Um, remember that family circus cartoon where the little boy would walk around little Billy and just kind of do the meandering around and eventually he'd go home. I prefer just to go here to here. In other words, I prefer to take the hard, take the hard skill set the hardest skill set in, in calling people that are going to hang up on me or not want to talk with me and increase that skill set, but go directly to those that have signs in their yards and ask the, ask the hard questions that I want. Cause everyone wakes up every day going, where's my seller at? And I already know where they're at. I just want to call them and influence them to work with me because I have the, uh, the right questions to ask and I can transfer energy to them so that they say yes to me more often than no. Awesome. That would be my advice. So no, no, uh, what was it that you know, got your attention about EXP? I mean, obviously, it sounds like you were uh, there were probably uh, um, death by a thousand cuts running your own brokerage. But what was it that kind of attracted you? Well, it it didn't hurt that I had friends in the industry from being on the radio. We, we all banded together with this other organization and we're promoting ourselves in that way. So I have a lot of friends around the industry and in different mastermind events and most of them were switching to EXP. So very uh, right around 2017, when I went independent is when I started to catch wind and it was one friend after another saying, Hey, Yoder, you got to check this out. And I had just branded my, my car with, you know, wrapped it with my brand and my sign was up in the front of the, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to deal. So it was just because I just made the move and just, just disenfranchised, if you will. I just didn't want to deal with it. You know, you make a decision, you go right. through a year and a half of getting the broker's test. So after a while, after that kind of chipping away at me, 
and got a chip, chip, chip. And then pandemic came and I had a conversation with somebody. I had a little more time to slow down. It was very much like, hey, have you ever looked at this through the lens uh, of a business owner? Like as a, not just a, a selling homes, but as a business owner, he kind of caught me off guard because he asked me a question is, do you consider yourself a business owner? And I said, yeah. He said, well, have you, have you looked at it that way? And I said, huh. <laughs> Give me, share with me what you have. So it kind of opened my mind because there's a little ego in there. Like you're challenging my, my, whether I believe I'm an, I'm a business person or not. I'm like, of course I am. Then he said, well, then maybe you should look at it that way. And it was super helpful. So I did. And then I moved my entire team over and lost a few in the process. But uh, ultimately it was the, it was the best move I made. Awesome. Awesome. Now, yeah. Now, what uh, you, you mentioned for sale by owners, you mentioned expireds. Um, you mentioned obviously radio, TV. I suspect Rate was the organization you were involved with. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, what do, do you? Uh, is it? And you mentioned primarily prospecting focused. Is that? Do you have an inbound strategy as well, or is it almost all outbound now? Number two is SOI. Number three is uh, radio station, country radio here in Grand Rapids. Tried and true, 10 years running, constantly producing. It's a miniature business in and of itself. Right voice, right message, call to action. That is an inbound strategy. It's a call to action every single time for 10 years. Guaranteed sale, cancel if you don't want to work with me anymore. And, and uh, of course, the customer story that we've been successful with. Uh, past clients is number four. SOI for me is five and um, Google, Google organic is six. So there's my strategy. I do not okay. buy leads. I'm not, I'm not a Zillow guy, Glenn. I was, I was paying a lot of money for leads. I stripped all that away. And uh, my, my largest expense on the marketing side by far is radio. And I've also reduced that. I used to run three stations. I'm down to one. So I'm watching that closely because the market shifted and so does the strategy. Okay. Awesome. Now, uh, because of the radio, I suspect that a lot of people do, when you do call, you do reach out, they recognize your name, you're not a, a foreign concept in their mind. So that probably is a really good sort of brand reinforcer. 100%. That was an interesting thing for me to observe, by the way. I didn't realize that would happen, but getting, getting into FISBOs about two years ago was when I started calling them. They're like, oh yeah, hey Kev. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh okay. okay. Now we're on a, a name, first name basis, all right. And and not everybody's that way. Some of them still are combative, but they, they don't want to talk to me. But sometimes it's always, oh yeah, we've heard your ad for ten years, and yet we're going to try it our own. But um, yeah, sure, come on out. It's it's definitely a door opener for sure. And even if they weren't, even if they didn't want to pick up the phone to call me, they were definitely aware and they had heard the message. Imagine hearing the same message for ten years in a row. It's powerful. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think absolutely. that's the one one piece that, uh, you know, especially if you've got an outbound strategy, if you've got some way to create sort of an awareness of who you are before you call, it makes mm -hmm. your your outbound, you know, two, three, four times more effective. Um, and yeah. and so it it can be, yeah. you know, a, a, a really good uh, strategy if you can do it. It's expensive. Like when you think about like, you're you're on one station. Uh, I don't know if you want to share the the expense, but maybe you can give some ranges or something. What yeah. what does one invest in production and then 
airtime and all yeah. that type of stuff. Right. I'm happy to, yeah, I'll, I'll share that because I, I would tell people if they want to get into radio, call me because I'll tell you exactly how to, how to spend um, half a million dollars and, and have it flushed on the toilet because <laughs> this is not easy. I've done every station in Grand Rapids. I've done, I've done talk radio 1300. I've done rock. I've done the free beard, hot wings, the funny guys. I've done light. I've done all of these stations. I, I probably have 800,000. If I were to go back and calculate it, law, not zero ROI. Glenn. Right, this particular one happens to be the winner. And you know, I'm just thinking about the, the reason. So we have a solid home homegrown station uh, B93 has the largest antenna in the country, so it reaches. So if this is Michigan, it reaches way up here. So we have a lot of geography, pulls us out of our natural comfort zone of Grand Rapids. And I'll go before I would poo-poo the business. Heck no, I'll go. I'll get my car and drive, and my agents will do the same. So the budget on that is, um, I don't know, I think we're running about, the next year we'll be at four grand a month. Uh, it's not a lot. I know agents that spend 30, 40, 50 grand a month on radio in big metropolitan areas. They're running billboards and radio campaigns. And in Grand Rapids, it's got about a million people here. It's not necessary. And on one station, uh, I can get the job done with about three or four grand. But again, that's 50 grand a year. And they would love for you, radio stations would love for you to give them 50 grand and then you get back 60 and then they, they, they expect you to be okay with that. I'm looking for a three to one minimum or I'm not going to engage. This has got to be a win-win. If I give you $50,000, don't give me 50 grand back. I played that game for three years when I was over that other operation. So I'm looking for a three to one. This last year, radio was four to one for us, which is a huge okay. win. Huge win. We tried so, to so close 20, and, and then And then what would you say, the, like the, the, it's probably more than that then because you, that doesn't, take into account the net effectiveness of your, your outbound phone calls. Sure. hundred percent. And the other thing that, I, that dawned on me, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm a slow learner, Glenn, but I, uh, I realized as well that there's a couple properties that we pick up every year purchase wise to flip or wholesale or whatever. And those, those have all come from radio. Like in other words, Hey, we want you to buy our home. And I said, okay, great. I, I'm happy to look at it that way, or I can help you list it, whatever. Um, how did you hear about how, did, I don't say how did you hear about me? How did we come together? How did we connect? And they say, well, yeah, my friend heard, has heard you on the radio. Okay. I know exactly where that came from. I label it and source it at that, but I don't, but I haven't tagged that to the return on investment for that station or for this particular campaign. And I probably should because if a flip nets me 50 grand or 30 grand or whatever that is, that, that increases that ROI. I haven't added that back into it because it's a different entity that I end up buying it under. So I didn't think about it that way until recently. So it's, oh, it's, it's a lot well, stronger. Does that make sense? Yeah. But of course, uh, kind of refining the message and all of that and kind of getting all that dialed in. I mean, that took multiple years. It took multiple iterations, took, you know, multiple, no phone calls, no awareness type, type responses to finally get it sort of dialed in. Yeah. You got to have some bandwidth. You have to have some deep pockets to get it going. Fortunately, I was, I had um, called expireds for at least a year and built up a, a good stockpile of cash before I started radio. I didn't just didn't do it on a whim. I was ready, jumped in and six months went by. So I don't know if you're sitting on 30, 40 grand that you don't mind burning. And, and then I did that and it started to work, but it took six months. And then the other station, six months in, I got nothing. So that's gone. And then six months in for the other station, because you have to give it enough time. You see, you can't do it for a month. 
can't do it right. for two months, right? It's like a geographic mark, a geographic campaign or farming. You got to do that for a year. So you have to be willing to have thirty six dollars to $40,000 for these campaigns. And that's, that's not feasible for everybody. Um, and then also they might have the message wrong. They might have the wrong um, uh, on-air talent. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a four-pronged deal. All these things have to be in place. And other else you're just going to waste your money on. Awesome. So um, now you um, um, you manage all of this stuff in something, some CRM, or I, I suspect. What what are you using CRM wise? How is that sort of managed? Is it are you personally managing? Is your assistant managing it? Is a a team based combination? Approach? Yeah, it's a team based approach. We 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 use for our core business. We use FirePoint because that's where we started from before we ended up at EXP. Um, for lead gen, we actually use KV Core and, you know, do some hodgepodge <laughs> together to get that integrated. Uh, but FirePoint, we're not using that for lead gen. K uh, KV Core, we are. So at some point, we're, we're likely going to make a big move over. I just haven't made, I just haven't pulled the plug on it. But we have a team platform within FirePoint. What I love about it is it allows us to communicate within the platform on transactions i can at glenn and send you a message and total back and forth and i really appreciate that it keeps us out of email inbox and it keeps the conversation within the file that is brilliant and i that's really the reason why i haven't switched okay well and i haven't looked at firepoint for a while but i know when i first heard of them which was 10 plus years ago Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, Gabe Cordova, who I believe is yeah, now right. with EXP, but right. um, um, you know it was really a cutting edge platform. How mm -hmm. uh, is it? Is it still pretty cutting edge, or is it? Or is it kind of uh, kind of got a little bit of uh, cobwebs yeah. on it? <laughs> That's a really great question. So the when they went through their growing pains, like every company does. But when someone took that company over, it, the, what, what dawned on me that he was absolutely surprised that they didn't start with an app. It just was like, how can you build this thing out with a native without a native app? It still does not have a native app. So when I am pulling it up on my phone, it's not an app. It's a, it's a, a you know, it's just a website, website, a website and it's clunky because you can't, it's it's difficult to use so that's my that's my beef with it so that's cobwebs right like it they should mm -hmm. have an app to make it easier to use so that would say that's the one thing that i have a gripe about okay you know, just gotta yeah well, and but it's been years like i've been with them for years i just don't know what the holdup is maybe there's there's a reason but uh yeah i definitely think they should have jumped on that right away yeah for sure yeah. so uh one last piece of advice for for e for exp agents uh any anything uh Come to mind. Obviously, you've got a unique business. You've approached it in a, with some of it fairly um, bread and butter. You know, Fizbo's expires pretty bread and butter. But you've also creatively, you know, approached the market as well. But what what are what would you be some advice for 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 an EXP agent? Yeah, I Glenn, I've had an opportunity being with an EXP, of course, to talk to hundreds of agents all over the world and such great people. And when we get into these conversations of, hey, what are your what are your goals? What do you what are you looking to accomplish? Um, mostly, I would say mostly, I would say about eight out of 10 agents, not just EXP agents, by the way, just let's just say all over the, all over the country, all over the world, their answer isn't what we think it would be. It's not like, here are my goals. Here's what I'm moving towards. And this is what I'm doing this week, this month, this year to accomplish those. It's usually some sort of like, um, as long as I can tread water and make as much as I did last year, or 
I'm just trying to live, man. I'm just trying to get by. So what I advocate is, is, is setting these real solid goals. These, these are the type of goals where I say you, it should have you jumping out of bed at 4.30 a.m. without an alarm clock type goals. Like it should excite you. It's like the hell out of you. It also should scare you a little bit because you don't have all the answers. And by having those two things in place, then you, it gives you something to work towards. You set the target and that target draws the arrow. So if you have something that's big and beautiful and, and, and this is not hokey pokey, this is real stuff here. Most agents say they can sell 30 units last year. I'll do it again. That's not exciting. That's why New Year's resolutions don't work because that's not big enough. You're not going to change your behavior to do what you did last year. So my point is if you can blow that up big enough that you know damn well that if in order to get that goal, you need to improve you holistically top to bottom. That's enough to get behind something and fire you up every day to wake up early, work on yourself, bring your best self to your business and your clients. And look out. You can't, there's nothing you can't accomplish if you can set a goal that big. So that's, that'd be my strong recommendation is to start setting these goals bigger so that you have a reason to get up and get after it every day and, and just make it something that is important to you. Business and personal, both has to be one in each category. Well, awesome. That's all. Well, Kevin, Kevin, this has been, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. So, so thank you so much for, for jumping on here and, uh, you can also, Absolutely. where would be the best place for people to find you? I think at Yoder real estate. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I have a couple of YouTube channels, depends on what they're, what they're craving, but you know, um, on the, on the real estate side, I have a, my YouTube channel is West Michigan living. So at West Michigan living on YouTube, if they're inclined to learn about the personal growth side, which as you can tell, I get all fired up there because that's really where my passion lies is, uh, is at Yoda results at Yoda results. Awesome. Well, well good stuff. Thanks everyone Thanks, for listening in. Uh, Kevin, thank you for jumping on. And with that, I will sign off on uh, this podcast. Thanks everyone. Thanks Glenn. Appreciate you. You've been listening to expansion. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Thanks for being the best part of EXP.